This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward and welcome to a fun-filled discussion on telematics. Am I supposed to get excited about this? Shane, you don't get excited about much of anything. So no, you don't you don't have to. But I can kind of hear the smile in your voice. So this might be an opportunity for the insurance geek to come out in you just a little bit. I'm gonna nerd out. It is Big Brother. That's what everybody thinks. To me, this kind of feels like my dad when I was 14 and 15 and learning how to drive and trying not to drive into the plate glass windows in front of the gymnasium at Western Oral High School and all of that kind of stuff. That's kind of what this feels like. Even though I'm a little more seasoned and I've been driving for a few years, it still makes me nervous. What's really interesting is that we've just seen this evolve over the last decade and really take off over the last five or six years. We've moved from proprietary device that you had to plug into your vehicle to app-based. I think it's this next iteration of correct pricing. We could get on to this soapbox about with just consumer education and and understanding insurance industry folks are after perfect pricing or right pricing for the risk. That's at the core of this thing. Insurance companies want to make a profit, have to make a profit. So finding ways to price to make a profit, and that's not gouging things. Most personal lines target 96% combined ratio, which means their goal is to make four cents on the dollar. That's not ludicrous. Software companies have 50% profit margins. So this idea of an insurance company wanting to make four cents on the dollar as profit, it just isn't crazy. This is the thing. It's, It's not the next thing. It's been here, but it's getting more traction from a consumer acceptance standpoint. And I think that's important to take note of. I think the idea of telematics and presenting this to our clients, first of all, I think we need to not use that phrase because going back to that whole idea of the plain language movement, when we start talking about telematics and describing Big Brother to our clients, it doesn't feel good. I don't want this idea that this giant thing in the sky is watching everything I do in the car right? It's another one of those areas where we grab a hold of a term and it sticks internally, whether it's inside the industry or inside our agencies. And we don't really pay attention to it. And then we start talking to our customers about it using the same term and they have no idea what we're talking about. And there's a really good chance you are listening inside the industry and you have not heard the word telematics. The reality of it is, is that we need to come up with a better term. It's basically a process of discovering your driving habits. Do you brake hard all the time? Do you accelerate fast? Do you drive at higher speeds? Where do you drive? There's so many different things and it's the next iteration of moving beyond the date of birth and the occupation and the education level and your credit, all of those other factors that we moved into a couple of decades ago. And so I think it's just this next iteration of trying to be profitable in an ever-changing, difficult risk environment. The first time that I was ever exposed to this idea of telematics, it was back when Progressive came out with it and you had to put the little device in your vehicle. And I was mentoring a young lady down in South Louisiana and she was 
probably not the worst driver ever to come out of South Louisiana, but she would probably be in the worst top 10 of drivers. And it actually really scared me that they let this girl out on the road. And she would drive from South Louisiana to Monroe about twice a month. And I'm like, y'all, please come with her. Like, please do not let her make this drive. And she would have an accident way too often. And she got way too many speeding tickets. And so they had this brilliant idea because their agent was trying to figure out how to keep her in insurance. And so Progressive had come out with this device. And they're like, well, we'll just show Progressive that she's a good driver. And I told their parents, I'm like, do not do this. Do not, do not do this. I'm telling you, like, I have been in the car with this child and I prayed the entire time I was in the car with her. Like, don't. And yeah, it came back and they dropped their insurance, right? Because her driving was so incredibly, incredibly terrible. So that was my first experience with this whole idea of telematics way before I was in the insurance industry. And so when that's your first experience, it just kind of doesn't feel good, even though you know you're in a completely different situation than that. In all fairness, your example and your experience right off the bat is pretty rare because it takes a lot for Progressive to non-renew you, right? So Progressive is not quick triggered. It was bad. They have some of the most sophisticated pricing models and data points of anybody out there, and they have historically been very, very good at being able to be profitable with just about any risk and being able to price that risk accordingly so that they can be profitable with it. So the fact that they saw the results from this driver and canceled and dropped their coverage says a whole lot about your experience with this particular young driver. They do exist, right? There are really bad drivers out there and really bad drivers should pay more insurance premium. It's not unlike living in Hurricane Alley with a $4 million home. It's going to cost you some money. Don't put your head in the sand or whine about it. If you're making this choice intentionally, well, it's kind of the same thing. You have to keep evolving with your pricing in order to keep up with the technology and what's happening. The technology for telematics has obviously evolved over the last 15 years. And now carriers are using an app, which I do like better from a marketing perspective, because I never loved the idea of you've got to send me this device and I'm going to plug it into my car. Something about that felt physically kind of invasive. I realized that in all actuality, an app is probably way more invasive and giving them a whole lot more information, but it just doesn't feel as weird to me as physically attaching something to my car. I never liked plugging the device in. So the app is definitely less invasive in my view. We have apps on our phone, all kinds of different apps and certain apps we allow to track us. We give our location if we want to pull up our maps and make things easier and we give permission to do that. And so when you sign up and you download the app and you accept that discount because that's where it's headed, you accept that. That feels so much better than here, plug this device into your car. I think that's why that was never going to really work. It was never really going to get consumer buy-in. We're getting a lot higher adoption rate now in the marketplace because it's another tool for agents to use to help manage price increases and help their customers manage their way through this inflationary cycle. How does our retail agency promote this? Let's get some specifics when it it comes to, to helping our listeners. 
we establish what we call agency standards. And these are things that we put in place that say we're going to make a proposal for insurance based on automatically including ABC, XYZ, etc. And telematics has moved into that realm, offering whatever that carrier's product is and then saying you can opt out of it you can tell us no but we're going to present you the proposal with this included in it maybe it's paperless maybe it's eft or recurring credit card there's so many things there's a certain liability limit we're going to quote there's just this approach of proactive proposing that's going to include it and as we go through that proposal with them, they can say, oh, no, I don't want to be on that. However, most want the discount unless they are just in that realm of conspiracy theorist or the folks that are just like, no, 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 no technology, no this, I'm not doing it. I'll pay the price. That's OK. And we have those customers. But we give them the option to have it, and then they understand they're going to lose a discount if they opt out of it. Don't make assumptions what your customers want or don't want. You need to do what you need to do as an agent and let them choose. And that's kind of part of our value as an independent agency. I get how this would be pretty easy to implement with new clients. With the hard market that's going on now, and we're constantly remarketing, trying to figure out where to put people how to get the best rate possible. So we've got all of that going on. It makes sense we would add telematics at that point. How do we get those people that are somewhere in between to make sure that people are getting the best prices possible? This takes us down a path of what possibly could be its own podcast subject. And that is when a market is so disrupted and you know hardening and has so many different variables that are causing the impact. The thing that we're not helping our carriers with will be to remarket. Carriers need good business to stay on the books. And if you remarket everyone and the options are to move the clients that get better pricing over here from company A to company B, realize that you just took a good customer that's got earned premium that's increasing, that they're going to be using that increased premium to help cover their their losses. You just took that away from carrier A and moved it to carrier B. You contributed to the disruption. Using telematics is another tool to retain that customer with the carrier that they're with. When the carriers are fighting and fighting to retain business, but also regain profitability, if you're not using all those tools, telematics being one of them, to encourage your customers to stay where they are, well, there's other tools to help you keep a customer with that carrier versus remarket that customer to a different carrier. And when you do that, just know that you're contributing to the long tail cycle of the correction that needs to take place. Uh, eventually that company that you move them to is going to have to take rate too. If they haven't taken rate, they're going to have to take rate. And so that's kind of part of this whole discussion and it's using the tools we have available to us to help the customer understand the environment. You don't make any money rewriting them. You already have that revenue. That's number one. This fallacy of, well, I have to move them 
to make money. Well, no, you just cost yourself money by moving them. Yes, I think telematics is a great tool when it comes to that. But also, I don't I don't think that some of our agents believe that they are making money by rewriting the customer. I think that most of the agents that are doing this believe they're saving a customer. And the idea that I'm going to keep them at a higher rate to keep them from going to another agent who will write them with another carrier, I think is kind of where their mind is. That is very highly possible. I would encourage you to fight against that. There is a reason at times to remarket a customer. It happens. But understand that when you move good customers from one of your carrier partners and you move that good customer to another carrier partner, you're not helping the situation. You weren't necessarily going to lose that customer. That customer may have been shopping or used the threat of shopping, but that doesn't mean they were gonna find something better somewhere else. If that customer is willing to take less coverage for less price by going to some other agent out there, and that other agent's willing to write less coverage for that customer, so that that they get a lower price, then you have an opening for value and you have a decision to make. Are you willing to lower your agency standards and write less coverage? Because you can meet them, but now you're into a business decision. Just remarketing them to find something that might be temporarily a plug isn't necessarily doing anything but costing you money. That is sort of this fear mindset. If I don't remarket them, I'm going to lose them. And I just haven't seen that within our own experience. We are not remarketing everyone. It's our last resort. We only remarket probably about 10% of our request. The rest of them are, let's see what we can do where you are first. And that's our proactive method. How does the app know whether I'm driving or whether I'm in the backseat of an Uber in New Orleans, scared for my life because of the nut job that is driving. Most of the apps have moved to actually asking you that question. Are you a passenger or were you the driver? And they give you a certain amount of those. Don't think you can game this system. If you had a heartbreaking incident and you want to lie to the app and say that you were the passenger, you might get away with that once. But if you're a normal heartbreaker, it's going to happen. If you're a drive fast kind of driver, it's going to show itself. It's going to find out what kind of driver you are because your true self is really going to show up at some point. When I read about best discounts and they're like, okay, remote workers, retirees, general drivers, I'm like, okay. And then you get down to that they're talking about, well, if you take long trips and if you make midnight snack runs and you're probably not going to get a great discount. So I'm like, I don't know if I need this or not. Yeah, I mean, time of day is one of the tracked data points for most carriers. And if you're constantly driving at 2 a.m., they're connecting dots. It's just a reality of who you are is going to show up because you can't hide yourself over the course of time. 
From the perspective of marketing as an independent agent, this is a huge opportunity. You can adopt this as your own. And I'm not seeing a lot of agents out there doing this. I'm seeing promotion coming from the carriers, but I'm just not seeing a lot of agents saying, did you know that I can get you discounts? Or did you know that we can look at your driving this way and we can look at your pricing this way? So I I really love the idea of adopting this as something you offer that would really make you shine in your individual marketplace. I think this is one of those choose your lens opportunities. I agree that it's an opportunity, not a negative thing. And I think what naturally happens is you think about Big Brother, you think about someone watching what you do, tracking what you do, you immediately, you're going to go negative. That's what society's going to do. You can choose your lens and go positive. You can turn that around. You're right. I haven't seen seen agency level marketing of we're better because of this. We have a better option for you. We can help you. There is a huge opportunity for agencies to kind of brand within the brand this sophistication. There's a group of customers that is growing and getting larger and larger that would be attracted to an agency that was showing that level of sophistication. And depending on where you're at geographically, where you market yourself, this could be a huge win for some agencies. So we've talked telematics, but we haven't talked usage-based. Usage-based, just for clarity out there. You know, I think it's like telematics 2.0. It includes telematics, but it also includes a little bit more. And that is pricing based on just how much you drive. It's sort of a pay-as-you-go thing. And I'm not an expert here on usage-based insurance. I know there's plenty of different elements out there. Metro Mile comes to mind and different types of attempts with insurtechs here. But I think it's one of those things that I'm not necessarily super optimistic about because I feel like it's going to be very, very difficult to separate the adverse selection here. If I drive a lesser amount, I'm going to pay less. If I drive more, I'm going to pay more. But just this idea of how insurance works, sharing of risk, pooling of risk, I think it's one of those things when you try to do something with pricing that goes so far that it disrupts maybe the natural thought, <laughs> for for lack of a better term, it gets really difficult. Lemonade did this with how they were going to pay claims. And, you know, I, I saw that we went back there with an article about a claim was paid in a world record five seconds. Who cares? There's so many people that are gimmicky around this thing. And I'm kind of pessimistic on the usage-based thing. Telematics gives us a lot of data points that we can use to be better. This idea of just you pay me for your 5,000 miles a year and somebody else is going to pay me for their 30,000 miles a year and how we're going to make all that happen, that feels a little gimmicky to me. It just doesn't feel like it's going to work the same way as heartbreaking high acceleration, 2 a.m. driving versus 7 p.m. driving and so forth. And then you've got the weird situation like our household. Both my husband and I work remotely, so we're home a lot. We use... Instacart and we have our groceries brought in. I mean, we don't, we actually don't drive a lot in town. So when we do drive, we're driving long distances, usually at night. So how does that feel when it comes to usage base versus telematics versus just kind of hanging in there and doing what we're doing? Are you a worse risk because you drive less frequently for longer distances? Or are you a better risk because you don't drive 
every day, which is better. I don't know the right answer or if it's even right or wrong here. I think this idea though, that it's only going to be education credit score and home ownership that's going to lead us to our correct pricing has evolved to, well, yeah, but you have all these other data points we need to consider as well. And I think it all has to be thrown into the bucket. I think we have to know. I just am not convinced that it's only going to be based on the mileage. It's going to be based on all of these factors. And I think as long as we keep that in mind, that we're going to have a better chance at success as we keep going down this path. It's still more simple than this idea of autonomous driving and then who's really responsible. Is it the car manufacturer? Is it the driver? or non-drivers sitting in the car that owns the vehicle. There's so many things that go into that element of discussion that where we're at with the telematics world, where we're at with auto pricing sophistication, it's so much more simple to think about that. And I think we're closer to being better there. The problem is we're kind of fuzzy right now because we got caught behind the eight ball. We just inflation, price increases, claims just jumped through the roof because people didn't drive for a year. Well, some people just forgot how to drive. It's more crowded. The money supply has jumped through the roof and we have so many more people affording more expensive cars and now those cars are running into each other and now we're having more claims and it's more expensive to fix those cars. It's really easy for us to run off the cliff and say, oh, we need more telematics. We need more usage-based. We need more of this. What we have to realize is that things are just more expensive and they cost more. And so the price has got to go up. I do think there's a tipping point though. And if we can do things to give discounts, then we can win customers and we can keep customers. So we've seen the evolution of this, right? We started out with devices in the car, then the app. And now we're seeing from major carriers some new changes with their discounts. The changes are probably going to be necessary, specifically in situations where carriers on a rewrite or or existing customers were not going to be able to keep their discount unless they went back through the 90-day evaluation period. And there's two sides immediately from an emotional standpoint that in my brain where I go here, like there's the customer side where I get kind of frustrated. I already showed you how I drove. You already measured me once and now you want me to do it again to keep my discount. It makes a little bit of sense though to me on the carrier side because things change. I think it's relevant and certainly justified at the carrier level to go, wait a minute, should we just always give this discount forever and ever and ever? That doesn't make sense either. I think driving habits just change. As remote work became more prevalent, the daily driving habits of people changed. I think as people after COVID have different jobs, their jobs could have created different driving habits. For me as a consumer, I don't see this as a big deal if it's presented to me in that way. The original concept of it is probably going to change in and of itself. And the way that I guess it was originally presented with the device was you only had to do this for 90 days. And I think we stayed there and maybe we shouldn't have stayed there. When we went to the app is to say, hey, you only have to do this for a little bit of time. Give me your window, be on your best behavior and maximize your discount. And then 
as soon as that time period's over, we just go back to distracted driving and doing whatever we want. I don't think that's realistic. The whole point of this is to get to accurate pricing. The whole point is not to sell data or watch you drive or whatever. It's not some creeper at 3 a.m. looking at data on spreadsheets. That's not the point. The point is to land at a place where we can price the risk correctly. If we think about it in that context, doesn't it have to stay there? Doesn't it have to be perpetual if we really want to do this right? Now, I'm not so sure we're ready in this marketplace today in the hard market. I'm not so sure we're ready to take that leap. But that's probably what has to happen. It has to stay there. Maybe it earned you forgiveness on a claim. Maybe you have that one true accident that no one else has or whatever, and it leads to something else. But I think it has to become perpetual. This goes back to agent mindset. I never knew that there was an option from the time I started paying for my own insurance when I was 19 years old. My agent never gave me an option to ACH or credit card. I mean, it was an automatic ACH credit card from day one. So to me, if this is presented to our customers as this is something that will be perpetual, or if it's just presented, hey, this is what you need to get this discount, and we don't go into it with this extremely negative Nancy thing of, oh my gosh, my client's going to leave and go somewhere else if they have to do this again, it goes back to perception as reality. And if we present this to our clients, as this is reality, then it will be. I totally agree. I recently had an experience unrelated to telematics with spinning my oldest daughter off of my policy onto her own policy. She bought a vehicle. She's fully adulting. And we went through this final transition. It's kind of been this like year-long process because unwinding a dependent child, by the way, is not like flipping switches. As we went through that, kudos to our sales executive here internally, Kristen Wilkie. I didn't really talk to her in details about what and where she needed to be coverage wise, but there was things that Kristen did that were just part of our agency standards, maybe part of our agency standards on steroids. I haven't asked her directly yet. Okay, did you load her up with coverage because it she was my daughter or did you load her up with coverage because that's what you do she did it right she loaded up the telematics she did the paperless discount she did all these things that should have been done eft she assumed the most efficient maximum discount process for this customer. Forget the fact that it was my daughter. That's just how she presented it. But she also did it with appropriate high limits and on and so forth. Because when my daughter was kind of going over the application with me to make sure that she signed it right and did everything she was supposed to do, I'm looking at the limits. I'm looking at the stuff. My initial thought was, you don't need that. I mean, oh my gosh, you don't need all that coverage or you don't need that liability limit. You're 23 years old. Kudos to Kristen for not allowing this old cantankerous agent get in her way. She did it correctly. I think it's just one of those things about perception or the way we approach the situation. My daughter 
had zero problems with the telematics process. Like it didn't bother her one bit. She thought it was kind of cool. And so generational things, I mean, there's a lot to this that we can learn from just kind of going through it and not assuming that our clients are going to automatically push back. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Holly Holm. Passion first and everything will fall into place. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.